to Solo Cobras podcast, India versus England test series special. Boy, we couldn't wait. We couldn't wait for another test series to begin after that wonderful victory, what India had achieved in Australia. We were just counting days for this series and here it is. It's right here in this week and we're going to talk about all things India versus England and with me, I have Rob Johnston. If you are a Crickbus fan, if you follow uh, Crickbus quite frequently, you must have seen Rob Johnston's columns every time England plays. And thank you very much for doing this, Rob. I'm a big fan of your columns and you you are one of my best uh, favorite English reporters to be writing on Crickbus. Thank you very much for doing this. Thanks, Najib. Uh, great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Before we talk about India vs England series, Rob, I want to ask you, tell me about the joy of supporting England team because, you know, it's it's like... I find it similar to supporting India in the sense that we lose some, we win some and, and the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of following a, a, a team, which is not someone like, say, Australia of 2000s, right? I mean, for me, supporting Australia of 2000s must be very boring because they win everything. But, you know, there is some special joy in supporting teams like England and India at certain phases uh, over the years, Pakistan in a sense. Am I right? Am I wrong? What, what do you make of that? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I grew up um, during the 1990s is when I first started um, taking an interest in cricket. And England were rubbish during that time. You know, they, the players who played themselves will tell you that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was you know, you were, even a solitary test match win was, you know, like you'd take the rest of the week off because it was so, uh, so unusual. So, right. yeah. And, and I think then that makes you does, you know, it does make you appreciate the, the good times all the better. So, right. um, yeah, England you know, typically at home are pretty good, but away they are pretty average. So we do have those ups and downs and which makes, you know, the win like in India in 2012 or in Australia in 2010, 11, mm. um, all the more. Uh, you know they go down in the annals of English history because they're they're quite rare. So right. um, yeah, it's a roller coaster, but but it's fun. As you said, I think it's probably more fun than just winning all the time. Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think England team right now is getting together and you know consolidating itself into a proper eleven that can you know consistently have the same eleven for uh, next two three years? Because I remember from 2018 series to up until 2019, there have been a lot of chopping and changing, multiple openers tried after Alistair you know do you think it's coming together now especially after that wonderful south african series win yeah i do actually i think they've got um a way of playing that they want to stick with now under chris mm. silver with the new coach and they've got a group of players that they have identified to play that way so it might not be the flashiest batsman opening the batting but they've right. got people there now who they think can do the job can do it the way they want to right so the last 18 months has probably seen more progression than in the previous five years mm. um, in test cricket, which was always very inconsistent. Now there's sort of a steady upward gradient. So I think um, they are coming together. I think they've got a good squad of players, whether this series against India is going to come a bit too soon for them to really challenge. I, I probably think so, but right. they're definitely improving, particularly away from home. The two tests in Sri Lanka, Mm. Um, that they won that was their they've won now five consecutive away tests and they haven't done that since 1911 I think so right um, yeah they are they are improving uh, they're coming together but um, you know they are still very much a work in progress there's a lot mm-hmm. still to go Mm. maybe uh, if this series of India might have come maybe eight months down the line maybe it would have been in a better shape is what you feel yeah I think so because mm. um, you know the team is coming together uh, mm. and another sort of 
eight months, 12 months would have, I think, given them an, a, another level of experience and, and right. they'd probably be in a better position. Um, but, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they cope and, you know, if right. they can do well in India, it, you know, even if they lost, it would still be, you know, a decent, decent effort. Right. Why do you think England lost last time around 4-0 when they visited India? What, what is different now? What was uh, lacking back then? Yeah, it's a good question. And in, in preparation for this series, I was going back through the scorecards and the reports of that that mm. series. And I think um, the bowling attack really struggled on that tour. I mean, England made 400 in the first innings, three out of the five test matches. Mm. Um, but the bowling attack really did struggle. So, and I think particularly the spinners, you know, quite inexperienced. I know Moeen Ali and Adil Rashid played, but at that stage of their career, they were still very yeah. inexperienced. Um, and they picked um, Zafar and Sari and Gareth Batty as the, the, right. the third spinners. So I think the bowling attack really struggled. England have a better, far better bowling attack now, I think, than they did then. Mm-hmm. So they've still got James Anderson, Stuart Broad, but they've got Joffre Archer now mm. to give that that pace option, which I think they, they've been missing. Right. And though England's spin attack is, um, you know, still very much a work in progress, right. it is Jack Leach, you know, he is an mm. experienced cricketer. Um, he's proven to take wickets on spinning pitches and has mm. actually still got a very good record at test level. So mm. I do think their bowling attack is better. But in 2016, I think that was the reason they they struggled. And also they played five, uh, seven tests in that winter, two in Bangladesh right. first and went straight to India. And by the end of the series, they were knackered. Um, mm. Alistair Cook resigned at the end of that tour, right? So, um, you know, I think that played a part as well. But certainly the bowling attack for me, I think they struggled. Right. You you, you speak of uh, how ragged England were. So what? how do you think England will go about rotation in this series? Because it's a long series, this one. It's not a short one. We have already seen in Sri Lanka that uh, Broad and Anderson didn't play together in the couple of tests that they had played. So how do you think England will go about it with this, especially with these uh, two pairs, the stalwarts? Yeah, it's a good question. And if you ask um, James and Stuart, they would say we we can play together. But mm. I think there's a realisation away from home that mm. actually the variety in the attack and the balance of the attack um, is more important probably than at home. When at home you can pick the best seamers, your best three seamers, mm. and with the assistance they can do the job. Mm-hmm. Overseas, I think England have finally come to the realisation, and they should have come to this a, a few years ago, but they, they've taken the time, but they've got there that they need more variety in the seam attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so having right arm bowlers who bowl around 80 miles an hour Right. And a group of them isn't necessarily going to be um, that useful on on away pitches. So right. I think potentially they may play together in the day-night test, which mm. will be a fantastic occasion. But I think they might play there because the ball obviously potentially may move there more yeah. than more than everywhere uh, anywhere else. Um, but otherwise, I think there's a there's a sort of the understanding that actually they'll probably play one or the other of James Anderson and Broad, and, right. and I think they're fine with that now. Um, mm. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. That 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 is a test match that is giving me nightmares as an Indian fan because under the lights, I, I remember Jimmy doing making the ball talk when he was in Australia in, in Adelaide. And we have seen how India had played in Adelaide just very recently. So that is a very interesting test match that I'm looking forward to out of the all series. Yeah, that, that will be interesting. And and you're right, in in that Adelaide test in the 2017-18 Ashes, mm. you know, Anderson made the ball talk and actually 
um, in the uh, England played West Indies in 2017 in a pink ball test at home. Mm. And again, you know, the ball moved around um, a lot. So if the ball moves, Stuart Broad and James Anderson are, uh, you know, two best in the world at getting yes. something out of it. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting game that very interesting. Right. What, what do you think of the debate of IPL versus test matches and, uh, you know, some uh, England players being fatigued because of IPL and case being Johnny Barristow, for example, what's your comment on that? Yeah, it's a tricky. It's a tricky one, but I think the IPL now is such a just a part of the calendar that right. it is something that just gets factored in with international cricket. So mm. I don't see anymore that it's a an IPL or an international cricket. Mm. I think the ECB particularly will look at the whole schedule and include the IPL in the schedule, and then say, "Well, we're going to rest players for this chunk or that chunk." So right. Um, you know that there is there is some talk in England and 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 certain people in England are saying, well, you know, players like Best are missing England duty to play right. in a franchise competition. Mm. Is that right? But I think um, whether it's right or wrong, it's just the reality. And um, you know, also the IPL has been fantastic for English cricket. You know, yes. a lot of our players have gone there recently. Well, in the last sort of five six years, mm. it's played a big part in the development of England's white ball cricket. Uh, yeah. And Owen Morgan. The white ball captain is a massive proponent of players going to the IPL for the big stage and learning, right. you know, from other players. So um, on the face of it, it might sound as if, you know, players are missing England duty to play in a domestic competition. But, right. you know, there are a lot of benefits as well. So it's not an easy decision. Mm. Case being uh, Josh Butler. I mean, Josh Butler on IPL, you know, that's that's one example that we can point out. Uh, moving on, how happy are you with the Root's form? Are you just jumping in joy? Because, you know, Root has been taken out of the uh, famous Fab Four for a little bit. I think Babar Hazm came back. Now is it Fab Five? Is he back to Fab Four? What are your thoughts on that? And what was missing with Joe Root's play all, all these days? And what, what did he find in Sri Lanka all of a sudden? Yeah, I think... Um... So I would still definitely say Joe Root is in that, you know, mm. that group with Coley and Smith and Williamson. And I put Babar up there as well. But mm. I think the last couple of years, a combination of factors. So one, you know, Root has admitted probably for the last year that he's been struggling with his technique, particularly mm-hmm. his trigger movements. So um, he thought he'd got that sorted at the start of last summer, but hadn't worked on it closely here uh, 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 before the Sri Lanka series mm. and Phil's in a better place. Now, he didn't really get tested that much with pace in Sri Lanka for obvious reasons. Right. So it will be a big test for him in India where, you know, I expect the seamers to play a bit more of a bigger role. So um, that's one thing. And also he did say that, that has said that the conversion rate issue, mm. you know, people always say he gets to 50 and, but he never gets to a hundred. Yes. Um, which is slightly unfair. He's got 19 test match hundreds, but, you know, his conversion rate is not as good as Coley's or Smith's. Mm. Um, and he said he admitted that that got into his head at times. And he was, when he got to 50, he was then thinking, well, I need to get to 100. I need to get to 100. Otherwise, right. people are going to say again around the conversion issue. So yeah. I think a combination of those two things have played on his mind. But actually, when you look at it, he he averaged last summer when he said he's really not wasn't feeling great at all. He mm-hmm. still averaged 42. It's not as if he's averaging, you know, 25. He is right. averaging. Most players would take 42 at, yeah. in England at the yeah. moment when the ball moves all over the place. So it's all relative, but it was great to see him start the year in the way mm. he did in Sri Lanka. And mm. I, I don't think England cannot win this series in India unless Joe Root scores, I think, a couple of hundreds. Yes. So, you know, the pressure is on him. But, I mean, he's made a great start to the year. He's in great form. So 
be really interesting to see how he goes. Also, the best player of spin in the England batting order right now. So his form is uh, pretty pretty much the key. And do you think his position in the batting order is also a factor because it's been pretty confusing for him as well? Number three, number four. Is he fixed now or what, what, what's happening with that? Yeah, I, I've lost count of the amount of times he's moved from three to four and three to four and three to four. Right. And I think a part of that at the start was that he was trying to help other people and, and mm. let other people fit in at four when maybe he should have just said, no, I'm batting at four. That's where I like to bat. Mm. So he, he said that now for the last um, probably year, he's just said, I'm batting at four. Mm. So even when um, Rory Burns missed the testing series in Sri Lanka, um, for, for paternity leave right. the, the option was for root to move to three right. and then somebody else to fit in underneath him but he said no i'm batting at four that's where i'm batting so i think that's resolved for now i think he's going to stay there right and what what would you think would be the bowling combination of england because you know india's pitches used to be historically used to be the dust bowls that are spinner friendly but india is not really uh, like india has their pace battery as well so how do you think the pitches might be what would be the bowling combination of england because if india starts making pitches friendly for their fast bowlers which are absolute gems do you think england will come up with uh, three fast bowlers in their bowling lineup uh, or will it be two spinner two fast bowler what do you think is going to happen what how do you think the pitch going to play versus the combination yes yeah, it'd be really interesting i i I think England expecting and I'm expecting that it won't the, the pitches won't be too seamer friendly because if mm. if they are too seamer friendly they're going to bring England into it because mm-hmm. you know England have got the pace bowlers to exploit those conditions so right. I think England are expecting it to spin mm. um, but it will be interesting to see because as you say India have got both bases covered you know yep. they've got fantastic spinners and they've got fantastic seamers so mm. but I think if I think England um, are going to play two spinners. Mm-hmm. Um, that's every indication unless they get to the ground and they see the pitch and they think there's a lot of grass on it or it's going to move around mm-hmm. but they, I think they will play two spinners the advantage they've got is that Ben Stokes is obviously back and he bats and obviously bowls so he, yes. he gives them an option to balance the team Moeen Ali is fit again mm. um, again gives you an opportunity to play a spinner but with and a batsman and all rounder yeah so I do think they are going to play two spinners, um, but mm. whether this, the, one of those spinners is Moeen or not will be interesting to see. Um, and then, you know, they will go in with, I think, two seamers plus Stokes. So they will have effectively three seamers. Um, right. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to, to see um, where England go. And I'm looking forward to the pitches because I mm. think if the pitches do have a bit for the seamers, it could be quite a tight series. Um, right. But if they are heavily spin dominated, I think India will be, you know, um, very, very um, right. much in the driving seat. Right. And also Sri Lanka series, Sri Lankan batsmen make England spinners look good. Uh, <laughs> in the sense, like, to be fair. But uh, do you think they're up for the task? Moin Ali, Dombes and, and Jack Leach. So what are, you, what are they going to do? Are they going to play Moin Ali? Jack, Jack Leach will be a confirmed starter in the 11, right? Because of the left arm option against way too many right-handers in the Indian batting order. Along with Jack Leach, it either has to be Moin Ali or Dombes, depending on the pitch, so to speak. Yeah, Yeah, that's my that's my thought. I think they will just pick Leach for that left arm reason, exactly. But also because he is the most, or well, certainly he's more consistent than Dombes at this stage. Right. Dom is a, is a lot younger than Jack, so we've got to mm. take that into consideration. But so Jack will play, and then it is a toss-up, I think, between Dom and Moeen. Mm. Um, you know, Moeen hasn't had any match practice, obviously been ill recently with COVID. Um, right. Dom uh, best got, got better in Sri Lanka. Mm. Um, but, you know, again, by his own admission, did not bowl as well as he could. So um, 
I think, though, um, depending on how Moeen trains over the next couple of days, it, it would be um, it would be very good for England to have that problem if he was, you know, available because he's got 181 Test wickets. Yes. He's done relatively well in the subcontinent before with mm. ball ball and bat against and India. His experience against India, exactly. So I think um, if he is fit, it. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they play Moeen and Jack uh, in the first test, at least. Right. Since we are in subcontinent, we could not help ourselves but talk about batting. I think Root is, is pretty uh, sorted. It will be very interesting to see because there are many people who are, who are batting in India for the first time, right? I believe Rory Burns, Sibley, Crawley, all these folks. How do you think they're going to cope up? Would you be uh, surprised if they do well? Are we expecting a surprise from the English batsmen? Yeah, I, I think they are inexperienced. I think, so Rory Burns played three tests in Sri Lanka in 2018. So he's mm. got a bit of experience. Mm. Um, Zach Crawley obviously had a really difficult time in the two test matches just gone in Sri Lanka. Right. While Dom Sibley worked it out towards the end, scored a decent half century. So, but I do think... Um, it's going to be a real baptism of fire for them. I right. think Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka's bowlers um, were steady, but no more than that. And, mm. you know, the test is going up a level against India. So yes. um, I, I think the one thing I would say around um, players like Crawley and Sibley and Burns is they're very quick learners mm-hmm. and they don't tend to make the same mistakes too often. Right. So, we saw that in Sri Lanka with Dom Sibley in the last inning, scoring a half century mm. and, and changing his technique. So I expect the same from Zach Crawley. Um, uh, and also we've got to throw in either whether Dan Lawrence plays or Ollie Pope in the middle order. Um, right. Again, both of those are very inexperienced in these conditions. So mm. I think that's one thing in England's favour, but there's no getting away. They're ex- inexperienced. And I think that's why a lot of pressure is going to go on Joe Root and, mm. and Ben Stokes. Um, you know, Stokes is a huge player for England in that middle order. Yeah. Um, but both of them are going to have to have really big series, I think. Yeah. What would be your uh, sample bat- batting order in that sense? So we're going to open up with Sibley and Burns, followed by Crawley at number three. Is that right? Or is it Barristow? What, what would be your batting order if you can, you know, at the top of your head? Yeah. So uh, Sibley and Burns will open Crawley at three. So Barristow's been rested for the first two matches. So he's mm-hmm. gone home, but he's coming back for the third and fourth games. Mm. Um, but it will be Crawley at three. Uh, with Root at four, Stokes at five, five. and then and then it's a question of whether they will um, pick Butler at six and then pick some all rounders. So mm. I think the only potential decision, I guess, is whether Dan Lawrence plays instead of Zach Crawley or if Ollie Pope is fit, mm. which is still in the balance. Right. Um, whether he might play instead of Zach Crawley, and and one of those three players will bat three, but otherwise right. it's pretty. Pretty settled, I think. Pretty set. Uh, and if Barristow comes back, what is the equation then? Then he'll straight away slot in at number three. That will be... Well, that's that's interesting. So the selectors have said when he comes back, there's no guarantees of a place in the 11. So mm. which is... Barristow's one of England's best players of spin um, right. in, in any, any format. Um, mm. So he would be pressing very hard for a position when he comes back. Um, right. But if, let's say, Zach Crawley scores 100 in one of the two games, then I don't mm-hmm. think Bairstow will get back in. But right. um, if they don't, then it's, it'll be great for England to have Bairstow back because he is a very fine player of spin. 
Right. Do you, do you think they'll rotate between archer and wood? Because, you know, sometimes wood is better at reverse swing in, in that sense, because reversing is a bit of key in subcontinent. Or do you think only archer will be in for all the tests? Fast bowling combinations is what I'm interesting at, because under the lights, I'm pretty sure Anderson and Broad both will play together along with Stokes. That would be very interesting. Will they sit out archer, wood, both? What, what's going to happen there? Yeah. So I don't think archer will play all four tests. I don't mm. think... England will put him through that. They are very careful about managing him. Mm. And obviously, as you say, they've got Mark Wood back for the third and fourth test matches. So right. I would expect um, Joffre to play the first two and mm. then sit out the third, which is the day night, and then perhaps um, Wood to play in the fourth um, right. test. But I think the one thing England will have is they will look in the three tests apart from the day-night, will look to have a genuine quick bowler in their attack. Right. So they have also got Ollie Stone from Warwickshire in the squad, mm. and he bowls just as quick as Rocket, um, yeah. um, uh, both of those, Archer and Wood. So I think whatever side England pick, they are going to look to have that 90-mile-an-hour-plus bowler. Mm. Um, but I don't think, but I think it'll be a combination, and I think Joffrey right, right. will probably play two out of the four. Right, right. Do you think this is the one of the better England teams in terms of from the 2012 win? And, and do you think, do they have the capability like to punch about the weight in that sense? And in India, a better challenge? It's not going to be 4-0. Do you think it's not going to be 4-0? Uh, I don't think it's going to be 4-0, actually. Mm. I think England will be able to compete. Um, right. But I don't, you know, I, I put India very firm favourites. Um, right. If you look at that 2012 team that won, mm. this side is very much less experienced than that side. You know, that side yeah. had a lot of experienced players. Um, so I think they're in a different position yeah. now than, than that 2012 side were. But I do think they can compete. And I think mm. if England compete on this tour, they'll be quite happy, actually. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's going to be 4-0. I mean, the famous last words, but I don't think it will be that. But uh, but I think if England can win a test and push mm. India in the other test matches, I, I think that will be a decent result for where this side are right. in their development. Um, right. And, you know, again, that will then probably set up the summer quite nicely mm. when India come to England. Um, speaking of India, do we even have to speak about India? Because <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So yeah, they have come yeah. back from Australia and the people that have won in Australia are going to sit out and Kohli is going to straight away slot back in, Bumra, Ishant. What do you think India will do? Will they be bold enough to like go ahead and play three spinners? Because Jadeja is not playing around. So maybe have Kuldeep, Ashwin and Washington Sundar for the batting option with a couple of seamers. And India has done that in the past and in the subcontinent right they will just fancy that what do you what do you make of that yeah yeah I think uh, I'd be surprised if they go in with three three spinners I mean I know they have done that in the past and again Mm. a lot depends on the pitch and Mm. you know we're we're not there so we can't see that but uh, but I I would suspect they're going to pick two spinners they've obviously Mm. also got um, Axar Patel with a left armor um, who potentially could um uh, come into the equation so I, I think they'll pick two spinners but right. I, I think the quality of their spinners is, is such that they probably don't need three right um you know their spinners are good enough to keep control and mm. to attack at the same mm. time mm. um and sometimes I think with three spinners the third spinner gets a bit underbold. yeah um so a lot of depend on the pitch but I'm expecting India, India to play two spinners and then right. you know two two quicks uh, and and see how they go but um right. i think the thing with india is whoever they pick you know that they they seem to just have a stock of like, bowling yeah. options at the moment right which is just right. fantastic 
Right. And would you play Pant as your keeper or would you have Pant as a batsman with Saha as a keeper? What would you yeah. do? Whatever whatever happens, you have to have Pant in that team, right? right. You have to play him. Absolutely. So you have to play him. So, um, again, it's interesting. If the pitches are very bowler-friendly, mm. that's when having a wicketkeeper, you know, a, a top-class wicketkeeper really does right. tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, it was interesting. Ben folks did a press conference yesterday and said, mm. you know, when it, there's a time when you can probably get away with somebody who's not quite as specialized wicketkeeper, you right. know, when the pitches in Australia maybe are coming mm. through, don't move as much. Um, I, I'm a wicketkeeper myself. So I'm a part of the wicketkeepers union. I, I would always pick the specialist wicketkeeper just because right. I think it is a specialist position. Mm. Um, and Sahar's a, you know, a very capable batsman as well, right? It's not right. as if he's, you know, can't bat, but yeah, no, but uh, um, whatever way India go, they've got to get Pant in that team and they've got to keep mm. him in. I mean, I can't, uh, it was such a surprise to me where they left him out at the start of the Australia series. I couldn't I couldn't get my head around that, but mm. hopefully they won't do that again. Right. If there's a chink in the armour of India, what would you target at that? Put on the hat of an England coach. What would you be looking at in terms of India's bowling, batting? Where are you going to attack? Where are you going to hurt them? I mean, it's very difficult because India are such a, a, a well-rounded team. But I do mm. think there is, um, coming off that Australia win, that was obviously a, a long tour, mm. you know, a lot of injuries in the bubble for a long time. They will have some players who were on that tour who were going to play. Right. So I think the way for in England to attack India and to put them under pressure is right. to try and keep them in the field as long as possible when they bat. Right. Now, that's going to be easier said than done. But I don't mm. think you can say... India's batting is weak or India's bowling is weak. The way I think England will attack it is that they will try and keep India in the field for as long as they can. Mm. That does two things. Firstly, it will tire them out. And these players, you know, rousing yourself again after such a big effort in Australia will be potentially quite difficult. You know, someone, even though, you know, Ashwin, I don't know how many overs he bowled, but he bowled a hell of a lot of overs. He's, what, 10 days, he's back on the pitch again. So um, I think England will do that. And also England will try and get those big scores that then mm. do put a, a batting order under pressure. It doesn't matter how good a batting order is. If you're staring at 500 on the first innings and you've got a back next, you know, a couple of mistakes and you can be conceding a pretty big lead. So right. that's how I think England will attack it. And that's not saying, you know, there's any weakness in India. It's just mm. that if England can keep them in the field, I think... Mm. You know, that's the only way really that they're going to have success. Right, right. Excellent. Last couple of questions, Rob. So players from England to watch out for, who do you think will be the find of the series for England in that sense? Yeah, I, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing um, the top order play, Zach Crawley particularly. And, and that might not be because he's one to watch, but he, he scored a double hundred during the summer. He is mm. a very talented player. And he had a bad time in Sri Lanka, but I think actually he's a far better player than he showed there. So Mm. I'm quite looking forward to seeing him play as long as he does play. Mm. I think he will have a better time because I think he will have learned from that. So I'm really looking forward to him play. And also Dan Lawrence, if he gets another opportunity in the team, Mm. Mm. um, he made a really good impression. He's a, an Essex boy like myself. So a um, bit of a soft spot for people from F and players from Essex. And, uh, mm. you know, I'd be hopefully, uh, you know, he gets a, he gets a go in the team and can carry mm. on where he left off in Sri Lanka. Get a bit of cooking himself uh, when, when he goes out to bat, hopefully. Exactly. Yeah? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Last question, Rob, what do you think? The numbers, the, the good old dreaded, dreadful numbers. Is it two, one, three, one, you said not four, zero, go ahead. I think, uh, 
I hate doing these things because this is where someone's going to come back to me. But I yeah. reckon it will be, I think it'll be 2-1. I think there might mm. be a draw. And I think England will potentially that day-night test. Mm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd fancy England and that. So I'll right. go with 2-1. Excellent. That's it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Rob, for doing this. Hopefully, we have a great, interesting series. We have our expectations very high after that India-Australia. Hope this one lives up to that and sets it up for the upcoming summer in England. Thank you very much once again for doing this podcast, Rob. No worries. Thanks. Enjoyed it. That's it from the Solo Podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode. Bye, everyone.